day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 191, Witness My Magic. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Pixie as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Fantastic, Alex. I am excited to be on Time for Your Hobby. We've been talking about this for a little while. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Pixie has been such a ray of sunshine. She's just been so pleasant, so welcoming on Twitter. That's where we met. And she is like a beam of podcast light. She helps everybody. I'm just, I'm right now it's a, an appreciation intro. <laughs> just saying thank you to Pixie and making the whole podcast community a thousand times better. But instead of me talking about Pixie, I'm going to do the cliche question that Pixie may or may not like. You maybe like it. Who is Pixie? Uh, Pixie is a precocious, uh, perky, petite individual who likes to podcast and do podcasting about podcasting for podcasters. I also collect uh, various uh, collections. I am multifaceted and I used to be an adult entertainer. So I'm kind of precocious with all of this. <laughs> And you somehow found a way to like combine your loves and just develop them and inspire each other. And you're talking about you have a podcast. You haven't mentioned the topic of the podcast, which is going to be very interesting. I know what it is, but people don't know it yet. So on that note, do you have any social media links, websites or projects that you're working on that you would love people to come check out? Currently, I'm working on two different podcasts. My main one is called Next on Stage One. And you can find me on Twitter at Next on Stage One. Also on Facebook and Instagram. I My second podcast is actually Project Podcast with Pixie, where I teach other podcasters how to podcast. But my main one, Next on Stage One, is all about the adult entertainment industry. Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out. And I love how you have two podcasts that are I not actually in have the three. You have three podcasts. <laughs> okay, wait, is the third one like an old one or is it a new one that you're working on? And if so, you got to share it as well. So what happened was when me and my co-host got together, my co-host's name is Mr. J and he's a huge nerd and we're both nerdy strippers. And we, he kind of fell into this hobbit where where he didn't want to go anywhere and he didn't want to do anything. So when he reached out to me, he said, Hey, Pixie, would you like to do a podcast about action figures and toys and pop culture? And I said, yeah. And I asked him, would you like to do a podcast about strippers? And he said, of course, I would, I would do a podcast about strippers with you. So we started recording two different podcasts exactly at the same time. One of them got released. The other one has been collecting dust on my co-host computer since we started recording it. So it's not available. <laughs> those are those secret episodes that maybe one day they'll be revealed. And so that maybe. podcast, that podcast that no one heard about, it has me automatically thinking, I don't know if you've ever seen that show on Netflix, The Toys That Made Us. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's called Pop Culture Perspective. I actually have a a a page for it on Twitter, but it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. We've done um, some Twitter spaces and that's been about it. Well, you know what? If you do decide one day, maybe this episode is like, oh, you know what? I'm inspired. I'll tell I'll release it. If you do <laughs> do release it, you can send me the link and I'll add that down below. Even if it's like 10 years from now and okay. I'm more bald than I'm already am. You're like, hey, Alex, it's released. Just add the link down. I'm like, cool, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, perfect. so that's that's perfect. We have all the links there. And now we're going to jump into the topic because we haven't mentioned it yet. The topic of today is Magic the Gathering. So you, we were talking about this a little bit before you were working in a card shop, like a, a card game shop. I, I don't want to take the wheel here. You're the one driving. So how did you actually get introduced to Magic the Gathering? Was it at that place you worked? No, actually, I've been into Magic the Gathering uh, since Ice Age, since 1996 is when I first really got into it. Uh, me and my brother, we were super competitive on everything. And so when I was when I was introduced to Magic the Gathering, I think it was even before 1996, but it was definitely right around when Magic was releasing Ice Age, because I remember opening up those packs. And I remember uh, all of it. I remember just being being highly competitive and gathering cards and sifting through. Um, I live in Denver, Colorado. So Mile High Comics is one of those advertisements you would see on the back of a comic book. And it would say, it would have like, a, I think it's a badger or a beaver on the back holding a flag that says Mile High Comics. And back in the day, that's where we would go to go get our comic books and dice and anything Dungeons and Dragons related, even though it was a small selection. And one of the things they had was this giant five cent card bin. And you could just dig and dig and dig and get as many cards as you wanted from this bin at five cents a piece. Well, being broke, I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I, I would, we would get as much cards as we could and we would build decks and then we would fight with each other because we hated each other. But it was one of those kind of competitions that every time he built a deck, I had to build something better. And, and eventually we just, we got so good that we had to put on rules and restrictions of each other on how <laughs> how which cards we could play with it didn't it didn't go very well he he had a huge collection and i i only had what i could get out of the five cent bin but that was my first introduction to magic and i, I gotta tell you i was hooked from from the beginning it was it was a lot of fun just being able to read cards read flavor text uh collect images um there was a card there was an artist on one of the cards and her name was Amy Warren, and she made all of these beautiful like dragons and stones and stuff. And I was really into the art. I mean, I had I had Wizards of the Coast, like the the magazine Wizards. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had I had those. We had we had all kinds of different magazines because a lot of the stuff we didn't we really couldn't get. So we would just peruse the magazine and just imagine what we would have. That's that's awesome. So I, you got me hooked on this five cent bin. It reminds me of like, <laughs> remember the penny candies at the Seven Eleven? Yes, <laughs> it reminds yes. me of that. You can't you can't buy anything <laughs> no. for five cents now. No, you can't. But it has me wondering when you went through those bins. Let's say the first time, did you know what you were looking for, or was it just like, no. oh, this one? Uh, okay. So back then, um, during Ice Age, none of the cards had um, their colored coding. So Ice Age, I, I believe, yeah, Ice Age did not have the color coding. So which means common, uncommon, rare, and mythic. And mythic wasn't even available. Um, so you couldn't tell if a card was 
good or bad based upon its coloring because it didn't have it. It just had the set symbol to it. So mm-hmm. Ice Age was like a snowflake. And so so you're just kind of pouring through cards and looking through stuff. They they usually didn't put land in the box because land was harder to get back then. Yeah. <laughs> and was there one card that you pulled out that just spoke to you? You said, you know what? It might not be a powerful card, but it was just one that you just love, whether the writing or the actual art on the card. I remember a lot of Tolarian uh, minotaurs and uh, wall of air was kind of sexy. So the wall of air was like the the zero four, I think zero four or zero three wall. She looked cool, but she didn't do anything because she was a wall <laughs> and walls can't attack. So I was, I was a little upset. I was like, okay, well, because you had to kind of pick whatever they just dumped in there and you had to kind of, you would like grab massive handfuls of cards and you're flipping them over and turning them and looking for cards because we knew certain cards, but we didn't know, you know, you you had your your magazine that told you what rarity was. But when you got into the card shop, if you weren't always playing, always opening cards, you didn't really know. And back then, the internet wasn't as what it is now. So you have to go Definitely in with your magazine was, or yeah. go in app before like you read your magazines. Okay, this is, these are the ones I'm looking for. What's this one? It, it reminds me like a Boxing Day sale where everybody's just flooding in. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was quite the quite the adventure just because we had to take the bus. It wasn't it wasn't close or anything. So, you know, you, that's what you're doing. You're hanging out with your friends at the card shop. You're you're dinging around, you're, you might be skipping school, you know, just to go up and, <laughs> and go look at things. I, I remember, I remember. <laughs> and on the topic of remembering, do you still own whether the first card you've ever had? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so I currently own not only my collection, but my brother's collection of magic cards. My, my brother passed away about five years ago now. I think I've posted a picture of him online, but yeah, I own his collection plus my collection. So if, if I did have the card from those bins, it would already be in my collection, (laughs) but I don't think, I don't think any of these cards are the original cards that my brother had. Well, I'd like to first off saying my my condolences on losing your brother. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. You don't know the rest you don't know the rest of that story, so. <laughs> okay, then I retract what I say. I'll cut this part out. Uh, so now you have this wide collection of cards. So how many cards would you say you have? Oh, gosh, I'll have to take a picture of it. But I have, let me stand up and count boxes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 40, 41, 42. Wow. I have about 50 boxes of long, um, long card boxes. And how many cards would you be able to fit in one box? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's There's those a... long, white, skinny ones. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like a yeah. couple hundred in them as well. Wow. Yeah, at least, at least. Okay, so I have to I have to ask, do you organize them or just like, you know what, they all go in? So currently they are semi-organized. I managed to get my best friend to help me 
with magic. And she's really the reason why I still have my magic cards. Um, it, we went through and we we organized them by monster, spell, and artifact and land. <laughs> so we've kind of organized them by color, but they're not really organized. They're haphazard. <laughs> you know what? They're organized they're because they're in they're boxes. Safe. Exactly. They're, they're, they're yeah, in a they're box safe. that's organized. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, we talked a lot about like the design of the cards, how beautiful they are, the stories behind the cards. I'm sure you've also learned how to play the game and there's different ways to play the game. So how would you define your playing style? I would define my playing style as be aggressive. You've got to always attack. Um, I consider Magic the Gathering like if Dungeons and Dragons and chess had a baby on a card. That's what you're playing. You have to not only um, defend, but you have to attack and win the game. Like you, I I play a lot of longer formats in Magic the Gathering. Um, I play EDH. I don't know if if you know what that is. Let's pretend I don't. Yes. No. <laughs> For those of you that do not know, EDH is called Elder Dragon Highlander. There can be only one. And this um, format of the game was produced off of the five legendary dragons in Magic the Gathering. And so what you had to do is you had to build a, a 90 card deck with one dragon as your general. And the, and the general has different kind of rules, like the general has a general zone and all of your other cards come out from your deck. And so your deck is 90 cards but none of them can be the same except for the land. So it's almost like Popper. And it happened to be one of my favorite, favorite formats. When I learned about it from my, from my friend who owns a card shop that, that I was working for, I, I just got hooked. I, um, I learned that you didn't have to have one of the dragons because the dragons were slow and bulky, that they changed it over to the legend rule where you could have a legend as your commander instead and i i was like oh that's great because i have a whole bunch of legends that i don't use in any of my 60 card standard decks and that i could use all of these other fantastic cards and the games would last anywhere from half an hour to an hour sometimes two mm. hours if somebody was stalling <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get inside your head <laughs> That's right. That's right. Sometimes, sometimes blue users are dicks. I mean, oh, can I, can I curse on your show? Yeah. Fuck blue users. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's your show. You can do whatever you want. This is your episode. You want to swear? I'm not holding you back. Sorry, kids. Earmuffs. But uh, <laughs> you mentioned the decks and that was one of your favorites. So I have to ask you, what is your favorite deck? If you have one that just tops them all. I have two. Um, my main deck is blue, white, black, and it's got Charum the Hegemon, and it is totally like a march of the machines. Everything becomes indestructible. Everything is a is is a monster. Everything has the same power. Uh, indestructible, flying with it they they all have like you can't destroy anything when i get out my combo there there's actually two combos in the deck but i i didn't put them into the deck as combos i put them into the deck because 
of like, there has to be an answer for everything. And then I have to win. So it's just, just an absolute monster of a deck. It just, it just goes, it just rebuilds all of the time. And, and if, if I get certain cards in play, then you can't destroy my cards. Uh, you basically have to, you have to board wipe me before you board wipe me <laughs> to be able to make sure that, that it just doesn't go. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. It, it's got Crucible of Worlds. It's got Sean Hegemon. It's got all of the artifact lands. It's got, I don't even know where it's at, but the last time I checked it, it, it was a pretty expensive deck, but it's the, it's the Sphinx that I love in the deck and, and knowing that I can play, I'm a terrible blue player. I don't play, I don't hold my cards and I don't like try and like psych everybody out. I'm all like play, 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 attack. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight in for the kill right away. Just go in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of characters that are not, um, artifacts or can be turned into artifacts in the deck and like uh, Avatar of Woe is one of those characters and because a lot of people will take my my characters and they'll board wipe me and they'll go right into the, the graveyard but if I have the Avatar of Woe she's just as big as my graveyard because there's a hundred well there's 90 cards in the deck I'm always swapping and moving and and turning things. And there's just so much stuff going on on my side of the field. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> now, have you ever participated in a tournament? And if so, because rules and card games change so often, some new cards come in and some old ones are banned because they're either they're too powerful. And it sounds like your deck is pretty powerful. So has it ever happened that you had to remove some cards because they were banned because they were too strong? Currently, um, I don't play, but I, I have been in a tournament. It was a 60-card tournament. I had a blue-white weenie. Um, for those of you that don't know, it was just a little 1-1 one, one white and blue deck that had some power behind it. Because <laughs> you got to swing hard and swing fast in tournaments. I ended up being um, 64th in the tournament out of 200 people. That's dope. Yeah, this, this, was, this was a while ago. This was a long while ago. This is when I worked for the card shop. Uh, and when I worked for the card shop, that that opened up a lot of opportunities for me to really start collecting cards, really start like talking to people. Basically, I had a firm grasp of, grasp of Magic the Gathering and I could play with my friends and just, just hang out and sell and buy cards all day long. It was pretty much a dream job. It was easy. It was easy. So, yeah, with my blue white weenie, I was able to do 64th in the tournament. That's awesome. Congratulations on 64th. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, not bad. Yeah, it's, it's not bad at all. <laughs> it, it, it was a homebrew. It wasn't it wasn't one of those um, top tier decks. So I think when I did that homebrew, um, Snapcaster Mage was was at its height. Actually, there were three Snapcaster Mages in my deck. There still are. Because I don't take decks apart. I keep them. Those are my decks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take them. I, I swear I'm not going to take them. I'm not going <laughs> to take them apart. But you did bring up something that's pretty interesting about homebrew. So when you do build your decks, do you prefer, because you probably have a combination of different decks, do you prefer having what is, let's say, not the meta? Well, you can, there's a meta deck. I like deck. the mana flow. Yeah, Perfect. I like the mana okay. flow. I, I like to know that... Uh, um, 
I think, I think I do it probably a little bit more. Well, I do. I think I do trying to think of how I built my decks. I usually just start off 2020 20, and then it'll all adjust it depending on how many colors I have. So if it's straight mono blue, there's probably going to be less mana in the deck than anything else. So um, I, I hate getting mana screwed, but I also hate getting mana flooded at the same time. And I'm, I would also imagine you do a lot of play testing to see how the deck works in a yes, weird segue. I do a lot of fish, lots of fish bowling. Yes. Yes. I like to kind of, I'm trying to see, see which decks I have. I have a deck right here, but I don't think it's mine. By the way, I love how you have your decks right beside you for this interview. Yeah, that, <laughs> That's this awesome. is a, a red white deck and it, it is not mine. It is actually my husband's and it's got shock and it's got Mikas of the Lunark. It's got Gideon's Avenger. I definitely would have, wouldn't have built this deck. <laughs> Diving Griffin. It's got double cleaver in it. It's just not my deck. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Maybe it's mine. <laughs> and now, I don't know if they do have this, but for a, a lot of the other card games, there are online versions of the game. Now, have you ever, let's say, reproduced your deck online to test it out versus, let's say, an AI at different levels and just so you can do like multiple playthroughs just to see how the mechanics work? No, um, I don't do well with technology. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, and the good thing about when I was working at the card shop is that there was always somebody there that had either their homebrew or what they were building from the card list online. And you could always kind of take your deck and challenge different people because they would have it there. You would always carry a deck. You'd always carry like a couple of decks on you because some people didn't like certain decks. <laughs> Okay, I have to I have to ask. Um this is my wild imagination just going offhand. When you were working there and you wanted to challenge somebody to a duel, did you have like a white glove and it's like just slap them? I challenge you to oh, a duel. Oh no, I wish. That would be awesome. <laughs> like a ceremony, so like a like a tradition. Everybody has to do like a, one epic way to challenge somebody to a duel. <laughs> no, that would have been awesome. We did we had so much we had so much fun. Um the the card shop was called Above and Beyond Games, and it was just Magic the Gathering. And they did like a little Yu-Gi-Oh! and a little bit of like Pokemon back then. And that was it. But it was strictly Magic the Gathering. So everybody had decks. Everybody was buying cards. It was like, it was a great time. And I can imagine you've seen so many of these Magic the Gathering cards. So have you ever considered creating your own not for usable like maybe they can use it but just like you have the art design in your mind and like the ability it has down below have that has that ever crossed your mind oh yeah oh yeah if, if i had the um art capabilities yeah i would have i would have submitted something to wizards of the coast i would have i would have tried to get my name out there that would have been cool all right, all right. Without giving too much detail, and like in case this is a future project of yours, what would it's the not. card be? <laughs> oh, well, in that case, please share all the details possible. Like, what would the card look like? What would be on it? Because would it be a minotaur or? I think I would probably choose another um, Sphinx. I probably would do something blue, black, or even blue, black, white. Probably flying. Probably some sort of yummy like ability pay one or tap this creature I, I really like those kind of cards that that have an extra function to them 
that aren't just your simple ones. A lot of the times you'll find that uh, Magic the Gathering, they like to reuse terrible rares in each of their new sets that come out. And you're like, instead of this card, I you could have <laughs> gave me something playable. And then with those cards, you always find out that there's multiples of that terrible card and everybody has it. So I, I would probably make something useful for standard, uh, not overpowering, but definitely standard and probably EDH friendly. So maybe even maybe even a legendary would be kind of cool. There are no legendary uh, Sphinx um, Planeswalkers. Why not? That would be kind of cool. Yeah, why not? Whoever why is not? into yeah, if you if you are the creator of Magic Gathering, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> now, like uh, this is a weird question too, but sometimes when it comes to people our age, when we grew up with a game and then we saw what it was, we see it through, let's say, a nostalgic point of view and as we get older there's more variations of it so in your opinion would you say that the cards are still the same kind of like quality and as good or are they kind of like ah they weren't as good as they were in the past so when magic the gathering first started they it was basic it was pretty pretty basic and a lot they didn't have all of these flashy new terms and new things and and even damage on the stack was different than it is now like <laughs> there's there's been a lot of adaptation of the games and the rules as they come through and i still look at it favorably i i wish i would have gotten to it and collected more of the cards and understood that it would have that because it was so popular back then that it would still be popular now i kind of keep on i i hold on to all of my cards knowing that i only get to play once in a while with my best friend when when she has time so uh it's it's kind of like hoping that i'm going to get together with a good friend and play I love it. I think it's a great teaching tool. I think it helps children. Uh, I think it did get a lot of bad press back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that kind of yeah. stuff. Oh, it's battling beasts and monsters. It's banned in you all schools. Summoning the <laughs> devil. Oh yeah, yeah. of course yeah. we are. Yeah, a, a little nine-year-old or so summoning the devil in the schoolyard. Yeah, that's common. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. we do. <laughs> and for you, what would you say is the best part about playing Magic: The Gathering on a personal and an emotional level? I think it's actually getting to hang out with your friends. Like that's that's what I that's what I use it for. I remember the good times. I remember, I remember somebody uh, during a tournament. I, I remember his name. His name is Nate. <laughs> there goes my phone. Uh, his name is <laughs> Nate, and I was battling him with that one the the, the blue white weenie deck before that tournament, and I remember him just shaking the table like he was gonna flip it over because he knew that i had kicked his ass <laughs> he knew and 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 my friends around me are like don't do it and i was like don't do it and as soon as i as soon as i beat him he just like let go of the table and had to walk away i was like that's right <laughs> kicked your butt <laughs> There's a lot of like showboating going on. But that's that's the beauty of it. It's like me, like growing up with my friends, we played Smash Bros. The trash talk was friendly, but it was always. like <laughs> always yeah. necessary. 
And so it leads me to also ask you, did you ever put risk? So a bet, like if I win, I win this card. And if you win, you win this card from me. No, I never <laughs> did any of the betting because that was in the rules that, that you could not use. There's a card that says, um, if you win, that you get to like for the betting that you get to tear up the card after it's done. I did not know that. <laughs> their, their card. Wait, it's like, oh my God. Like the card that they bet. Oh, real. Ma- yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, I can't remember what it was, but, um, every so often I look at like the band and restricted list every so often. I, I wander onto star city games every so often, you know, I, I look to see what Channel Fireball is doing. All of these things that I, I used to really be into, I kind of like reminisce and think about it. Yeah, I, I have a yeah, I have a huge collection of um, turn down Magic the Gathering dice. You know, I, I've got play mats. I've got boxes. I've got I'll take a picture of it and send it to you when when this is over. <laughs> dope, dope. But you know what? I just had the stupidest request and don't do it. Don't do it. It's the stupid, stupidest request. I'm like, you know how I do promotion for my podcast episodes coming up and I share people's hobbies. I was like, here's a request. If, if it possible, could you just take out every single card and lay them side by side and take a photo of it? <laughs> the, all I could your, not. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Could, it's the stupidest request. <laughs> I, I could take a picture of the boxes and lay them right next to each other, but not that's take perfect. all of the cards. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say, um, Pixie. Can you say, say um, it's time for your hobby and let's duel. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's a force ad. Like you're, I have like these cards, and you're in front of the camera. It's time for your hobby, and I'm having a great time in this interview. Yes, let's duel. <laughs> Let, let's duel. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you to Magic the Gathering and slap the camera with a with a white glove. <laughs> <laughs> it hits me in the back as well. <laughs> Double slap. <laughs> now for you, what is something you wish you knew when you first started playing Magic the Gathering or collecting the Magic the Gathering cards that you know now? That it was going to be so expensive. I <laughs> swear they those packages of uh, Magic cards are lined with... Uh, a substance. I swear what it's whatever they're putting on like McDonald's fries. It's the same kind of substance that makes people just open packs after open packs after open packs. And I can I can't tell you how many boxes I have opened personally of cards that I've bought. <laughs> and if I would have known that when I first got into it, I probably would have paid attention a little bit more on good cards versus terrible cards. I, I probably would have done a little bit better, but back then I, I was crazy when I was in my teenage years. So mm-hmm. we were young. It was like, Ooh, I like this card. I like the design. There is a card that I don't like that my, um, that my friend plays now that I remember she's got a, she's got a 60 card deck and she, her, her decks are old. Her decks are are much older because it was her father's collection that they built together. And so when I met her through her husband, she was like, well, should I sell my magic cards? And I was like, no, don't do it. No, if you, if you sell your magic cards, then I won't have somebody else to play with because having females in the game was, is really kind of 
few and far between. And so when I found somebody else that was like-minded, I was like, no, you got to do this. And so she, she built one of these decks and I can remember it. And it had a whirling dervish that I couldn't, with with the cards that I had at the time, I couldn't defeat. And so every time she brought it, brought it out, I was like, ah. Oh. And, and then after I could defeat it, I would, even though she still could beat me, sometimes I let her beat me after I got even better at playing. <laughs> Does she even, know? Even, no, she doesn't know. Oh, she doesn't until know. she listens to this uh, episode. <laughs> she's, yeah, because now she plays magic at school and teaches um, her school children how to play magic. That's cool. I really love that. Yeah, so we're we're still playing magic together. We're still hanging out. Where I should be building a, some decks for, for school students so that they can get into it. I don't know why, but I just picture when your friend says, oh, should I sell my cards? You were going to say, I'd rather we end our friendship than you selling your cards. <laughs> we would still play, but as enemies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and to this day, the, the reason why we're friends is because we, we're on the same nerdy wave, wavelength that we can just be like, no, we're going to play magic. She was even playing Spiro, uh, Spyro at the time. <laughs> oh, really? So like you guys are just connecting, like you make eye contact. You're like, it's time. It's time. Let's <laughs> it's do this. Time. Yeah. Yeah. You both have the white gloves out and just slapping each other. Yes, it's time to <laughs> duel. <laughs> and so for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started playing Magic the Gathering? Not having money, not having money to buy a whole bunch of cards. You basically had to use that five cent band to really get anything and you had to do a lot of trading back then and you know what not every place had a five cents bin so that was kind of cool that your area had it right 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 sometimes um as a younger person if you're digging through those bins if somebody if somebody's opening packs and they have a whole bunch of money they'll just come over and hand you cards and say here you go you can have these really wow yeah <laughs> so you're, you're just hanging out by the bin like oh, i'm just waiting uh, Oh, that one's buying your buying something. Oh no, I dropped something near you. Are those that card? You don't need those, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's that's the, the kind of hook for magic is that you don't really you don't really experience it until somebody like like gets you into it. Like you you get a couple of friends and they they hand you some cards or they tell you to open a couple of packs and then you start reading and you start you start building your first deck and then people just start handing you more cards. And and then they don't hand you the cards that you need, but they hand you the cards that help you build your deck. And I think that's cool because if you can get younger people into the game, they won't have any money for anything else. <laughs> we don't need money, right? No, no, money, no. Yeah, we, don't just, need no. Money. we just need our hobby. <laughs> I fully support hobby. that. Magic the Gathering, for me growing up, I was born in the 90s and I remember all these card games coming out, but I feel like Magic the Gathering, I never played, but my friend had it and I was so amazed by the cards and I felt like it's the the grandfather of like the new generation of card games in the sense that it's thanks to Magic the Gathering that we had Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon and all those other card games. It's crazy, huh? Just to think of like origins for different cards and stuff. Yeah, it, I think it's great. I I absolutely love the hobby. I can tell you that after this, I'm probably going to go and grab a couple of boxes and go spend my time looking through boxes because I have I have stuff in package. I've got stuff that I can't read because it's in another language. Um, 
Magic the Gathering is produced in more than 16 different languages. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? I have a solution for that. Probably my work. Card reader. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> what? I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say hire an official translator and spend more money. Yeah. That's well, what I, I know. <laughs> I know what like certain cards are, but these are all um, portal. Yeah, these are all homelands cards and they're all in French and I don't speak French. <laughs> uh, hello. Hi. French is my first language. Hey. I should send you a package of cards. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely translate it for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. my, my other challenge for you, if you are going to go through them tonight, just for fun, if you find one card, because you kind of know who I am now, what my what my personality is, if there's one card that just says, you know what, this is Alex. You send me a picture. I'm like, you know what, that's me. <laughs> just like, yeah, this one says, this one screams Alex. <laughs> it's going to be like a, go a, goblin a goblin grenader yeah. or something. And that's that's yeah. exactly what I'm expecting. Yeah. <laughs> Anything higher, you're lying. Anything better than that? <laughs> now, now for you, Magic the Gathering can be a very common, relaxing game. Collecting the cards, the battles themselves can be pretty intense. So like the overall experience, what would you say is the most stressful part about Magic the Gathering? It's probably when you first enter a tournament and you 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 get your first draw. You get your first seven cards and you get to look at them. That's probably the most nerve wracking for me. And then after that, well, I can read tells, but um, I'm no good at bullshitting people. <laughs> so I'm kind of, like I said, I, I'm a be aggressive kind of person. And so I, I'm not one of those people who holds a card back and flicks it or shuffles through my cards and stuff. I'm just like, here's my cards. And then I lay them down on the table. So I think, I think that's probably the most, the most like makes my armpit sweat is, is that opening card draw. You know what? That reminds me of my tactic when I play chess against my wife. She likes to think her moves through. And then for me, sometimes I just like go. I don't, I, don't, and I, I think first and like, just go, 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 go. And she's like, why, why do you move so quick? What did he do? <laughs> and so in that meantime, I'm like, all right, great, good. She's in a panic mode. She's not understanding what I did because I don't know what I did either, but I'm just going to go. So the moment she's done moving, I just move right away. It <laughs> just completely throws her off. That's the attack like, method. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And uh, I forgot to ask this question because we talked about the biggest challenge at the beginning of your journey through Magic the Gathering. But what is your current biggest challenge? Oh, the, the hobby, the challenge with the hobby now is where do I put all of the cards and um, do I sell off the ones that I don't play with? You know, am, am I going to build more decks? Am I, what am I going to do with this massive collection? Um, do, do I, do I build decks for stu students? Do I, my kids aren't into it. I got three kids. They, they all play, but they're not into it. I got a husband who used to play, doesn't play. So this is my collection. Um, I got a friend, uh, you know, my best friend, she plays, but she, she's got so much on her plate. So what do I do? Do I, do I get online and play online games i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i like physical copies of my cards i'm kind of a, a goblin myself when it comes to it see now we're both goblins nice oh, yeah yeah dice <laughs> okay. goblins <laughs> okay i have i have a solution it might not be the best one but what if you had like these like 
I don't know, card holders that you just put on the wall and you have your like a full room of the cards, like wall, ceiling, floor, and you can just oh switch them out whenever you need to actually use them. <laughs> no, because um, unless you had some sort of uh, UV protector in front of the card, the sun's going to get to them and then that's going to fade the cards. Who said you need sun in the room? No, that's going to be a dark room. A complete dark room, like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm a vampire. You, you, don't, you don't even have a light in that room. You have to bring in uh, some night vision to see the cards. <laughs> <laughs> to preserve and then, them. And then we play in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> your husband and your kids come. He's like, what are you doing? I'm playing Magic the Gathering. Get away. <laughs> you want to turn on the light? <laughs> yeah, currently my, my bookshelf is full. It, it's really full. Like when I send you this picture of what what it looks like, it's it's quite the hobby. I love how people just get deep in the mud with their hobby. If that's an expression, it's an expression now. I just love when it you get. Now. Yeah, yeah, it is now. And I just love it. And I encourage it. I'm an enabler when it comes to hobbies. <laughs> yes. In speaking about darkness in a dark room, what are some misconceptions about people who play Magic the Gathering? That they're all men. I know that there's a lot of men, but there's a lot of um, really good, skilled female Magic the Gathering players that have learned how to play, how, how to time, how to do all of their attacks and stuff. And a lot of them, are, are they get shied away. We had this in the card shop where when a woman would come into the card shop, the guys would kind of, ah, 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 woman, ah, kind of grunt and and lose their mind over there being a woman in 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 the shop. And we'd have to remind them, hey, guys, you know, put some underarm deodorant on. Bathe. Pull up your pants. Because if you want these women to come back into the card shop, we need to have a little bit more uh, personal hygiene. And so as we did this as like for the group, the guys, the guys understood that that they had to act a certain way that that, that wasn't going to um, turn off the women. And when they started to do that, we had a women's league of 10 women That's at awesome. one point in time at the height. And it was just women battling each other on a Tuesday night. And it was it was glorious because you would hear the the biggest shit talking for women <laughs> playing Magic the Gathering. Oh, uh, and I'm sure you participated in that as well. And you just oh, yeah. created some friendships. I have a picture of me holding a, holding a wrestling belt because I won. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> a second, I thought you were saying you have a picture of you holding up one of your like, one of the players is like, this is my victory. I defeated her kind of like over your head. <laughs> it's like, oh God, it gets that intense. Okay. You know what? Yeah. No judgment yeah, here. Yeah, we're just destroying <laughs> each other. No, it was... It was it was fun. It was friendly competition um, because when you when you first jump into a game and you're worried about what's going on, sometimes sometimes certain people have they just have a, a way about how they're teaching, and that's how they just teach everybody. But sometimes women are a little bit more uh, softer when it comes to jumping into a dominated game by men and i'm telling you after we got that league together after we got those 10 core group of women the women started climbing the ranks against the men in um normal tournaments and before i left the card shop we would constantly have uh, a couple of women in the top 10 every single time we did tournaments at that's the card dope. shop that's really yeah. cool yeah and it, it just it just took a, a while to change people's minds 
and how they acted around one another. And hopefully, hopefully that changed now. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I say, I that's why I say hopefully, right? I'd have to go into a card shop and see. I'm pretty sure um, I, I'm talking this. This was years ago. This was like 2007 when I worked at, at the card shop. So or a little bit, a little bit earlier than that, 2006. But yeah, it, it was a great time. People absolutely loved playing. People loved getting together. It, it's it's more of a gathering and you get to see your friends. And it was such a good way to to get younger people out from from doing nothing, you know, to doing something on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And you get to learn more and you get to see amazing art and create some stronger bonds with people. Yes, absolutely. And destroy your enemies. Yeah, and hold them above your head like you're... Zena or Hercules just (laughs) (laughs) or kill somebody on the defense with a hundred points in EDH same guy who tried to shake the table (laughs) (laughs) have you ever played him again (laughs) Uh, no no but I talked to him I talked to him like a couple of years ago it's one of those things that um, people just still kind of stay in contact with each other even though they don't play anymore yeah, because you created a bond over it, and that's completely yeah. normal. And that's what I love about hobbies. It connects people together. Even if you haven't done the hobby in a while, you get to reminisce and rekindle a friendship that might have been in the shadows or lost from for many years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can still remember flavor text off of, off of cards. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. So you have a very yeah. good memory. You can probably, if I like name you, I don't know, uh, name you a card, you could vividly remember the description and the visual Maybe. art of it. <laughs> Once again, I am doing challenges for you <laughs> that are almost like t- so time consuming and a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> but now to focus back on the hobby itself and not my ridiculous Game of Thrones style parkour <laughs> adventure. What has Magic the Gathering taught you in life? Um, to be aggressive, to actually jump in there and talk to people and and hang out and get to know people. You know, it, even if somebody, even if somebody hated how the match went, they could pick up their cards and still be friends with everybody else. They didn't take mm-hmm. it that hard. They could they could understand that it was a game and they could come back and play. And a lot of the times that's what we did. We would just do game after game after game of laughter and and just hanging out with each other. This includes the table shaking guy, right? Include, yeah, he was part of the group. <laughs> yeah, he was part yeah. of the group. He just if he was just having a bad game that it led him to shake a table. It was almost a table flip worthy. You almost made somebody do a table flip. <laughs> he lost and afterwards he was fine. He just wasn't good in the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you had him flip the table, you can say, I've made somebody flip the table in a card game. Add that to my resume. <laughs> well, during the tournament, if he would have flipped the table, he would have been eliminated completely for that season. So there there would there would have been bigger consequences than just that game you know he could have got it not only banned from the store but ejected from magic the gathering as a competitor there there was lots of things that could have went wrong for him if he would have done that and he knew and and that's why the tables are bolted to the ground now (laughs) no no these were these card tables that you could just 
you would pick up and move and stuff. So they were not bolted to the ground. <laughs> Imagine if you had to bolt the tables to the ground because it had so many people just come in <laughs> and flipping tables. It's like it's it's a, it's a yeah. problem in the Magic the Gathering community that tables get terrible, flipped. Terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> and and the amount of white gloves we pick up <laughs> off the floor is terrible. Gloves and tables just flying everywhere. Gloves and t- just everywhere. Yeah. So for people who might be interested in this hobby, do you have any word of advice for them? I would say um, the best way if if you just want to learn how to play the game and you don't, you don't want to go to tournaments, you don't want to do any of that. You can go straight like to Walmart or to your local hobby shop. If there's one next to you and buy, buy just their simple decks. They're, they're little 60 to 40 card decks. Um, Usually if they're a 40 card deck, they come with an extra pack and buy two of them, buy one for you and one for your friend. So that way you both can play, play the deck, play it a couple of times, swap it with the other person and play it again. And that's really the, it's probably also the cheapest way to get into magic without investing a whole bunch of time or effort. And, and the rules are right there inside the deck. They come in every single one of the little standard decks for each of the seasons. Um, I can't remember, I can't even remember what a season's called now like a starter pack kind of thing yeah like a starter pack yeah so you want to grab two of them grab two completely different ones and, and just go for it learn how to do it and then if if it works for you without getting too much money into it then visit a card shop then go and see like maybe a you know see what see what other people are doing peruse online see what other people are building but don't go too far into it because it does get expensive unless you're seriously, that's something you want to get into because it does get expensive. I think uh, packages are, packs are what, $5 a piece? Like five ninety nine. dollars <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's more than a tank of gas. So you got to be, and, and you need a couple of them. Actually, most of these card shops or the hobby shops are going to have a Magic the Gathering tournament. And a lot of those are um, deck building tournaments. So they'll open a pack and you'll pick one card from the pack and you'll pass it to the left. And then until each of the packs are done. Oh, that's cool. And then you can build your deck that way. And any rares um, at the end of the game, you basically take the rares out of your deck and everybody picks cards depending on how they placed in in the tournament. So you would keep all of your commons and uncommons, and then you would have the chance to win the rares. Yeah, it it, it was a fun format, and um, the card shop did it all of the time. They were like, "Okay, well, we're going to do this," or you know, you can either do this or you can have your sixty card, you know, sixty card standard. Um, or sometimes like uh. When a set would come out, um, you would buy, they, they had those big beefy boxes that had a couple of packs in there. Everybody at midnight would open up the box. You get a spin down counter and you'd have to build your deck just from that box that you got, the booster box. So that was another fun format. I love, I actually really do love like the alternative ways of getting into the game, different mechanisms, kind of like, I don't know, 
it's really a weird, weird segue. But back when I was a kid, we used to play street hockey and to choose the teams who everybody would throw their hockey sticks in the middle and somebody would go in with their eyes closed and just throw one stick to one side, one to the other side, just to choose who is going to be on whose team. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It reminds me of like the more interesting ways to battle. It's not you come in with a pre-made deck. There's decks that get to be made right before the tournament in an interesting mechanism, and which I love that. I've never heard of that before, but I love it. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the real way that hobby shops get people interested is when they they create an atmosphere that really welcomes everybody in, whether you're young or old, or if you if you've played before or this is your first time. And the the barrier to entry in Magic the Gathering is basically money. That's money and time. So if you have money to buy the best of the best, cool. But it doesn't teach you how, it doesn't show you how to run a deck very well if you have money. Because I knew a lot of people who had a lot of money and they sucked at building decks. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me I can't just throw a $100 bill at a booster pack and it will be fantastic? No, no, no. But you could buy the majority of your deck with that $100 bill. But still doesn't mean I know how to play it, right? Yeah, it still doesn't mean you know how to play it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is another way. It's it's cheaper. You can try to find like an online version just to know more about the mechanics and the cards. And once again, like Pixie said, having the physical cards in your hand and playing with your friends is a different atmosphere than doing it online. I know some people are comfortable doing it online. Some people like to do it in person. Like for me, I'm talking about more of the couch gaming kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So like, so you know, playing on your couch with your friends or playing at a table, land parties, all that. There's a little something about that just brings it all together. You get to slap each other in the face with a glove, flip a table. But don't do those. Don't do those. <laughs> but it's just, if that's from my experience, I'm sure from Pixies as well. But yeah, find ways that makes you more curious about the hobby. And maybe the website, I don't know what's the exact website, but there might be a website out there that might actually help you learn more about Magic the Gathering. Well, um, Wizards of the Coast has their spoilers that you can read up on every time a new set comes out. The spoilers will be there. Sometimes they kind of drip them out where you don't get to see all of the spoilers right away. But you can check out the cards that are coming down. You can check out older sets. Um, You can even see the banned and restricted list of any sets or any formats there right there on Wizards of the Coast. Um, You can also go to um, places like Star City Games. You can go to eBay and buy cards. You can check your local Facebook, Craigslist, and you could buy somebody else's um, sets of cards if you know what you're looking for. Uh, Me, I like going to the flea market and buying whatever boxes people leave. You know, if people have a box of Magic the Gathering, oh, how much is this? And I will play the dumb card and I will be bringing home boxes of magic. It's <laughs> like, oh, you. I love Pokemon. Yay. Uh, hey. <laughs> well, it actually reminds me that uh, in my neighborhood or my old neighborhood, we used to have this massive neighborhood garage sale and they oh. would have everything like some antique toys, some like records, some clothes, some like kitchenware, some like retro video games, some newer video games. It's just like everything. And I feel like that would be a place you would love to check out. <laughs> that That is totally, that is totally my thing. Cause my, my house is full of toys. Um, 
my co-host, his house is full of my toys. I, I just have a lot of stuff. And I, I even had a toy store back in the day as well. So one of these days, I'm going to have to come back on your show and talk about that as well. Pixie, you are always welcome to come back. You've been, once again, such a warm, kind, welcoming person. My door is open for my podcast. Just walk in. Don't even knock. Just just start the Zoom call. Be like, oh, okay, 4 a.m. Let's do this. Yep, I'm good. Just bust the door open, flip the tables, and smack you in the face with a white glove. I get it. I get it. I'm a heavy sleeper, so you'll you'll have to slap me pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) And we talked about this at the beginning of the episode, but I'll bring it back at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share? I would just love to share... um, my podcast, the two that I'm doing right now, which is Next on Stage One, which happens to be a, a spicy stripper podcast, not safe for work, not safe for children, but it's a good fun. It's good fun. Me and my co-hosts, we have 42 years in the adult industry. We're big, huge nerds. Currently, I'm wearing my Hawk t-shirt from the Marvel MCU, you know. Nice. And- <laughs> And then my second podcast is for podcasters who want to know more about podcasting. Like if, if you, if you were a podcaster and you wanted to know how to market your podcast, that's what my second podcast is about. It's called Project Podcast with Pixie. Um, Both of these are available on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, Mostly I'm on Twitter because I, I like it. I like it a lot. And, and if, you guys want to connect with me? That's where I'll be. Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out. And, you know, you're wearing your shirt, which makes you a nerd. I'm wearing my shirt, which is a Saitama shirt from One Punch Man and anime. I'm a nerd nice. as well. <laughs> Just, yeah, I, I'm all about that anime, cartoon, video game life. That's So this is why we're friends. Yes. And now I'm going to give you the responsibility of being a host for just one question. So you get to put me in the hot seat. Do you have any questions for me about Magic the Gathering? All right. What has been your favorite flavor text on a card? I will be honest with you. I am not too sure what a flavor text is. Oh, my goodness. So I've never played the game. I Once again, it was my friend who had it, and I just looked at the cards. <laughs> Alex, how old are you? I feel like you're at least 10 years younger than me. Uh, so I actually just turned 30 a couple of days ago. So you are. So you, you're much younger than me. So <laughs> I, look, I look older, though. I look older than you. There you go. <laughs> Flavor text is the sort of a commentary on the climate of what's going on in the set on the card so one of them it would be like on the lugalorf it, the flavor text is akhan runs it's the lugalorf you know uh, it's one of those silly cards here i got one right here um the double clear says when in doubt kill them twice so they okay. have like these fun <laughs> little text down not all of the cards do but the funnier ones do like fireball doesn't have one the the land doesn't have one so but it, it's kind of funny to and some of them are serious some of them are are land of war you know that's the type of elves you know from back in the day here's one it, it's a griffin rider after flying alongside the griffin riders older knights of thune they learn to admire a mount that could rip up an enemy to shreds in seconds and it's this giant griffin bear 
So it it was interesting. Did you ever read any of the Magic the Gathering books? No, I I haven't. Like, well, yeah, once again, my <laughs> yeah, my experience with Magic the Gathering was just my friend, his sister played it a lot. And uh, I just saw it through them. Like for me growing up, it was mostly Pokemon, but I never mm-hmm. learned how to play Pokemon. We just collected the <laughs> cards. <laughs> uh, but I learned how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! So yeah, Magic the Gathering, I just love the art style, but I just, I, was, I guess I was too young or it wasn't the right time or the group of friends weren't playing it. So that's why I didn't necessarily get into it. But I would have loved to play like now. Yeah, I would have loved to. Well, you know, it's the perfect time for your hobby to start something new. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With the, in between my editing, I'll just play with you. <laughs> well, we'll put on we'll put on like a, a Zoom meeting, and I'll point the camera down at the ca- at the cards, and we'll yeah, people do that too. People play cards like that all of the time. I I don't. <laughs> but you know what? I'll buy. Well, you know what I'll do? I'll buy a table. I'll cut it in half. Send half the table to my end, the other half to your end. So if we ever get angry during the game, we get to flip we'll it. We'll just flip the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? I, I am always curious. I actually had another person on this podcast. His name's Jesse, who did Magic the Gathering as well. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'll share your episode with him and I'll share his episode with you. So maybe that'll spark something. Maybe not. But you know what? I'm always into sharing my guests who have right. similar hobbies. Maybe just sharing that passion. and. Start a little flame of passion. That sounds more I, romantic. <laughs> I have lots of hobbies, Alex. I I collect. Um, I don't just collect Magic: The Gathering, but uh, marbles, dice, action figures, lunch boxes. Um, I have a huge collection and knowledge of My Little Ponies. So, the next time you bring me on, we're going to talk about whatever else. Uh, strikes your fancy i could i could go on about um just action figures alone not even my little ponies but different kinds of action figures gi joe thundercats Uh, i know i know a lot of interesting things about toys once again i told you my door is (laughs) open 24 hours not like my my virtual door not my house door because it's cold here it's canada (laughs) the heat would be too expensive but yeah whenever you're ready i would love to have you back on and it just i just love people who have multiple hobbies because it just brings out more and people can be like okay cool pixie likes Magic the Gathering. This is her take on it. Oh, Pixie likes collecting marbles. Oh, cool. That's her take on it. I have to ask you, do you have a Pog collection? I used to. Um, no, I don't have a Pog collection, but we used to gamble those in mm-hmm. um, middle school. I remember gambling with Pogs. Yeah. Pogs was my jam. Back back in the <laughs> 90s, I loved it. <laughs> Children gambling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah Schoolyards. And also remember, we're, uh, summoning demons, uh, apparently. Yes. <laughs> That's what the kids in the 90s and 80s did. That's exactly what they did. (laughs) So yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Pixie, for coming on and just sharing your love. I really did enjoy it. You are the poster child of hobby to the point that you had a store all about hobbies, which is perfect. So if you guys would love to learn more about Pixie, I'll put all the information down below in the show notes. So it's very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you love the podcast, you know, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, literally anywhere that you can leave reviews, right? That's what people do. 
And also, if you want to show some more support, completely optional, but it's there. I have a Patreon and I also have merchandise that I sell on Redbubble. But what you do have to do is go show Pixie some love because she is a fantastic human being. So Pixie, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you, Alex. Uh, Being on here was great. And I can't wait to talk to you more online oh yeah absolutely within five minutes right we're, we're, we're the schedule right, for the next yeah. interview yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i was thinking about <laughs> open up a a space and 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 having some crazy talks on the twitter spaces <laughs> well if you open up one soon then i'm, I'm jumping in yeah why not <laughs> so yeah until the next episode make some time for your hobby take care <laughs>